There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you live from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. This program is all about helping people more meaningfully and productively connect with their work and equipping leaders to cultivate meaning and purpose in the workplace to elicit passion, inspire contribution, innovation, and persevering performance within the organization. So I seek out and bring on guests who have a particular perspective or experience that I think contributes to or expands the conversation. And as a management consultant and social scientist, I draw on the meaning and work and identity research I've been doing over the last 15 years, as well as my experience consulting, speaking, and developing workforces across the globe. I hope you caught the show live last week. If you didn't, you can always catch it via recorded podcast. We were on the air with Aaron Hurst. He is the foremost expert on the science of purpose at work. He is the author of The Purpose Economy, and he's the CEO and co-founder of Imperative, the, pl- the technology platform for leaders in the new economy. We talked about the history of how we arrived in the purpose economy, which was fascinating, why purpose is so important in indiv- individuals and within organizations, and how whole new markets can be created through a purpose-driven lens. If this conversation does not convince you of the importance of finding your own purpose or leading your company from it, nothing will. It was fantastic. (laughs) With us this week is Rebecca Bales, who is a global partner for Lumina Learning, which is a talent development organization with leading edge solutions in people development through personal leadership, organizational and sales assessments and programs. As partner of the Americas, Rebecca is a catalyst for change from the inside out, where her expertise in personal and organizational transformation assists people to create successful and lasting growth initiatives through aligning the inward processes that create outward behaviors. She is the author of Step Up to the Plate, The Power of Passion and Determination, which focuses on personal change and transformation. And she is also the co-author with Drs. Ken Blanchard and Deepak Chopra of Roadmap to Success. We'll be talking about her own personal connection to her work, how she has used the assessments to catalyze real change and growth in people and organizations, and some of the specific products that she uses within organizations. She joins us today from Plano, Texas. Rebecca, welcome to Working on Purpose. Thank you, Elise. It's a pleasure to be here. Isn't it great? I'm so glad to finally have you around the mic, if we will. <laughs> uh, well, let's start first. I, I'd, like to, I'd like to help our listeners understand how I find my guests. And so you and I met in 2015 in a leadership program that we were each partaking of for ourselves, our own development, and that was through Leadership America. Um, and I want to say that I think that's an amazing um, organization. I, I've had them on my radio show. Yeah, you you know, right? I've had them on my radio right. show before, and um, they have really been fantastic in cultivating leadership across the nation and the world, for that matter. Um, so let's start, if we can, since we're talking about development today, why do you think it's important, Rebecca, for, for people, certainly leaders, to continue developing themselves? Well, you know, Elise, leaders, they have to be lifelong learners. You know, the best leaders that I've ever come across in my career are like sponges. They absorb feedback. They absorb input from others. They absorb ideas and new ways of doing things. And if a leader ever 
ends up that they stop their learning, um, you know, they may be good at what they do for now, but they will eventually get passed by by others who are staying on the cutting edge of new development. So it's kind of like you can continue with what brought you here, but that is not going to get you to the next level. So it's really a never ending process. But that's what keeps us fresh and growing and learning because life never stops evolving. It changes in a nanosecond. And I think all of us can have had some experience or another with that. And so that's why it's so important for us to continue the learning process and not ever feel like we're done, you know. Um, And this is so important because the average person will spend in a lifetime over 90,000 hours at work. And that's a huge amount of time in your life. So, you know, we need to love what we do and do what we love or what's the point. And in order to do those things and embrace those things, we need to be in that space of continuing to have our eyes opened and continuing to see new and different things. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And, and I might add that my perspective on learning, obviously, you and I are both in the learning and development space. This is what we do. This is our camp. But for people just considering, you know, why should I do this? Why do I why should I keep learning? I, I would add too that I think it's really important for people to cultivate an ongoing curiosity about themselves and about other people. Uh, people think I got this. I've already been through a million assessments or min, many workshops or whatever. What can you teach me that I don't already know? Well, I would offer that it's important to get into that space with an open mind and some curiosity because people do learn new brand new things about themselves when they're 50, 60, 70, and 80 years old. It never stops. Yes, yes. And besides all that, it's fun. It is fun. (laughs) And it's, you know, just being curious and going through life curious is what makes us learn and grow. And and it actually is kind of what develops our brain and our mind. It becomes, you know, more highly developed. And we use that mind to a fuller extent when we're more curious. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Well, let's talk about Lumina Learning, who you're working with. Um, I know this company, obviously, because um, I'm happy to say that I'm certified in some of your products, and I use them in my own work to develop leaders. Um, But our listeners may not know who you are. So would you say a little bit about Lumina Learning? Who is it? What do you do? Sure, absolutely. So Lumina, as you mentioned, is a global talent development organization. Uh, The headquarters is in London, and Lumina has a presence in over 44 countries. So it really is truly a global approach. Uh, The talent development solutions that Lumina has are translated into multiple languages, and there are a suite of integrated tools and solutions. And we believe that's really important in offering the right suite of products to your organization and not trying to do a one-off from this methodology and then bringing in something else over here. You never get a consistency within the organization and what they're learning or that supports the underpinning of the culture. So Lumina's mission is really to change the way we live and work, Uh, you know, to strive to disrupt talent development by revolutionizing the world of assessment tools. At the center of each of our learning solution it's underpinned by a different completely different assessment tool yet they're all integrated and connected in a certain way so that means that Lumina is able to offer a fresh new approach we're based on the latest technology our solutions are designed to have an agile approach and application 
And, uh, yeah, I live here near you, Elise, and we've been honored to have you in several of our courses and and sitting in on uh, some of the qualifications that we've had here. You bring such a unique perspective, and and, um, your input is always so welcomed and loved seeing the work that you do with your clients. We, as well, work with some global clients, um, and then I also lead and manage qualification classes across the U.S. in support of our global clients clients and practitioners uh, and their resources here. Awesome. That is a very nice way to orient people to what the company does and what you do within it. And and so next, since you know this show is all about meaning and purpose, and I like to get a little personal with my guests and share them with, our, with the listeners who are listening from across the globe. I love that part of it. Um, if you would, you know, we're talking today about the work that we each do to catalyze others to their higher potential. And I want to understand your particular connection and approach to the work you do. And you distinguish yourself as... Um, catalyzing change from the inside out. I think that's just fantastic. Would you say more about your connection to your work, your approach to it? Absolutely. So what I aim to do personally and through my work with Lumina is to help people transform themselves because life is so ever-changing. I don't know about you, Elise, but the path that I thought I started walking down in my personal life ended up taking some abrupt turns and things that I weren't wasn't prepared for, things that I didn't know what I was going to be doing. And I really essentially had to kind of remake myself, get to know who I was outside of being, you know, somebody's wife, somebody's mother, somebody's daughter, somebody's sister, you know, really get to know who I was and why I was here. And so just like that was for me, it is like that for everybody that's out there. We have to know uh, what our emotions and triggers are that are at the core of, of who we are inside, not just our outward behaviors. So often we look at those outward behaviors, but if we don't look deeper and deeper inside at what's triggering us, and these triggers tend to be created by our own needs and our own motivators. And so those things create emotions, which create triggers and then drive those outward behavior. So it's really that three-step process, looking way down internally to make lasting behavioral change. Um, you know, it, Lumina itself has, has a pathway, which is about knowing yourself, knowing others, then valuing diversity to build better rapport. So this, in, in a way, sort of segments that at a personal level, building into that knowing yourself in order to know others. Oh my gosh, that's gorgeous. I love how you generated that, Rebecca. That's just gorgeous. If that doesn't make people want to, make people want to get into our field, I don't know what's going to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um well, and then I was really intrigued, Rebecca. I loved how you write. You, this is on your LinkedIn profile, and I think it might be on one of your other profiles. But you say that what makes you tick is to see the unique talents of individuals shine and pull together, creating an end result that's bigger and better than the sum of the parts alone, which is gorgeous. And I know that fostering a culture a culture of collaboration, connectedness is really important to you. Um, there's trust, value, inclusiveness, all this stuff is part of your, your sauce, if you will. Um, um, but I want to understand how all of that resonates with who you are and how you do your work. You, you, you've already somewhat situated it, but that is very specific what you're calling out there. Right. Right. And, you know, there's really one thing at, at the core of all of this, Elise, and that is when 
that people will come alive when they feel valued. It's about helping others and yourself feel valued. So all this starts with a sense of self-nurturing. It's being compassionate to who you are. Um, You deserve to be valued for your contributions and what you're doing. Uh, It's a basic instinct and a basic need that we all have, this need to be valued. We have it from the time we were an infant, and we will have it into our twilight years. That never changes. It's just a basic need. So it's feeling, you know, we hear so much about the disengaged workforce today and that it's stagnant and it's just actually staggering the percentage of the workforce that is not engaged at the time. And so they just go to work fulfilling a job so that they can go home and bring a paycheck. And the main reason is, is because we're not really honoring each other. We're not seeing each other for the true value that they have. So I like helping people see themselves and see others at a deeper level. I call that deeper diversity. And that's really what lights me up. It's kind of part of me. And it's a calling I've had all my life. And now it's what I'm doing for a living. I'm really getting to live my dreams, so to speak. Um, I know that may sound cliche, but I do what I love doing. In 2012, I believe it was, I wrote the book, Step Up to the Plate, The Power of Passion and Determination. And what was really cool about this is that that book, in that book, I put the transformative process um, and I wrote about it. And it's one I used on myself years ago, that one that when I needed to find out who I was and what I was doing. And so I wrote it in this book. And um, about a year later, I had the opportunity to be invited to Sweden to speak to a group of women in business. So I spoke to the group and then they took me back a few months later and asked me to lead this two-day retreat for them. And we called it Rejuvenation of the Soul. And I was working with about 25 women in business from across Sweden. And they were all, you know, C-suite level. They were professionals. They had young children small children they were exhausted and it they came to get that rejuvenation and to find out you know again who were they to get back to who they were not just this accountant or or CPA or attorney um, or VP of engineering but who were they as an individual and that's just uh, you know that that's what turns my light on. That's what makes me just get up in the morning is being able to do this for as many people as I can. So, you know, in, in the future, at some point, I'd love to do another experience like that. But right now, I'm getting the opportunity to help so many people have the tools that can enable them to go out in the world and do that very thing within their organization or their team. How gorgeous. And I want to acknowledge a couple of things really quick here. One is um, how wonderful that you get to what I would call live your purpose. Um, you, 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 you heard your calling. You, you've been able to incorporate it into your work. And you're one of those lucky souls, blessed souls, that gets to live your purpose. And I think that's gorgeous. There's nothing cliche about that. Not from my vantage point anyway, as <laughs> I'm trying to activate that across people across the globe. And, and secondly, Rebecca, I really want to say that I – have seen you. I've I've witnessed you. You have an amazing ability, and I do think it's your calling to uniquely really see people for who they are and celebrate them for their uniqueness and help them to reach across to them, to activate them, to become more of who they can become. I've seen you do that time and time again. Oh my goodness, thank you. 
Yeah, it's really beautiful. And then the last thing I'll say is back to what you said about people being valued, the importance of that. I, I learned that, Rebecca, when I was working for the Center for Talent Solutions for a couple of years doing employee engagement work, and we would do assessments. And uh, the number one variable that people would, re- would report as important was value and appreciation. Mm-hmm. So I learned that in doing that work. And just being able to tell someone, you know, how it is that they make a difference to you as, a, as the leader to the organization, to the team, and being able to, to vocalize that there's a talent in that that needs to be developed in leaders especially. And when we, when we do that well, it makes a really big difference to people's engagement, fulfillment, and connection. Absolutely. Wow. Well, with that, let's grab our first break here. Okay. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Rebecca Bales, who is a global partner for Lumina Learning, a talent development organization with leading edge solutions and people development through personal leadership, organizational and sales assessments and programs. She's the author of Step Up to the Plate, The Power of Passion and Determination, which focuses on personal change and transformation. She is co-author with Drs. Ken Blanchard and Deepak Chopra in Road to Success. She joins us today from Plano, Texas. We've been talking a bit about her, the company she works with, Lunar Learning, as well as her own connection to the work. After the break, we're going to get into some real-world scenarios of how her coaching has made a difference to developing organizations across the globe. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now... Back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Rebecca Bales, who is a global partner for Lumina Learning, a talent development organization with leading edge solutions in people development through personal leadership, organizational, and sales assessments and programs. As partner of the Americas, Rebecca is a catalyst for change from the inside out, where her expertise in personal and organizational transformation assists people to create successful and lasting growth initiatives through aligning the inward processes that create outward behaviors. We've been talking a bit about her own connection to work and what the company Lumina Learning learning does. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So Rebecca, before we get into some of the work that you've done to coach executives and develop organizations, it probably makes a little bit of sense here at this point to distinguish the product line just a little bit. So going back to Lumina, and I know you've had the chance and so have I to work with other numerous assessments and development organizations. Why Lumina? What's different about Lumina that specifically keeps you there? Oh, that's a great question, Elise. You know, first and foremost, Lumina walks their talk. I have been, and you probably have too, part of people development organizations in the past who don't. And it's a shame because how can you expect to teach other people to develop themselves and to honor and develop other people yet not use this in your own culture? 
So that's first and foremost why Lumina. But secondly, it's Lumina's mission. And their mission was to create assessment tools that eliminate evaluative bias. So that what that means is looking at the data gathered in the assessment to make sure that it's bias-free, that the way the questions are asked doesn't lead you to want to lean towards one way or the other. And because of that, it limits the stereotyping that's created through assessment tools. Um, And the stereotyping, the reason it's so damaging is because it can limit others by placing a label on them. When we assign a label to somebody, we're accepting everything about that. And when we do that, that means we're accepting all of the things about that and not the things about the other parts. So what um, when we look at something like this, uh, let's just say labeling someone an extrovert or an introvert. Um, there are good and bad that go to both. And we may eliminate somebody as a potential good salesperson or someone who might have the attributes to go into a sales situation or speak up and be a leader because they've been labeled an introvert. And those assumptions uh, are more damaging than people can imagine. It affects, makes it affect the way others treat them as well as they even feel about themselves. So I have numerous examples of how those things um, really don't have any credibility. Uh, for example, um, I was sharing a hotel room with a colleague uh, in a very large city one um, during one work week, and I woke up to the sirens and the PA telling us to leave to the nearest stairwell. There was a fire, and we were on the 17th floor, so that wasn't going to be easy. She was far, 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 far more extroverted in her behaviors than I am. So I have a much quieter side to me. I'm much more reflective. But when I woke up, she was pacing the floor and wringing her hands and saying over and over, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And I went out and opened the door and stepped to the stairwell. And when I did and opened that door, smoke just bellowed out. Mm. And so I ran back, grabbed her and another colleague near us and said, come on, you know, get, get your purse and just that and let's go. And we started down the 17 flight of stairs. And so that's a situation where having been labeled more introverted in my um, characteristics, one would say I wouldn't be able to take charge. But I was the one that took charge in that particular situation, even when there was someone much more extroverted and who would typically stand up and take charge before me in other situations. So these kinds of labels can be very... um, uh, you know that can can be can be very false as far as what you can really see in a person and what they're going to do. So Lumina has a, an entirely different approach to their assessment tools, and that's the other reason that I chose Lumina and believe in them. Mm, wow. Well, first, let me acknowledge. Talk about a work adventure, Rebecca. Holy <laughs> cow! I mean, of all the times in the years that I've stayed in hotels, I've never had to do that. I just neither uh, had wow. I. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I'm really impressed with how, what a calm head you kept for that. That's great. Um, I, you, you can room with me anytime, Rebecca. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer uh-huh. to be on the lower floors now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got that. Um, I wanted to chime in quickly for me, for one, uh, as, a, as a practitioner using these assessments, a couple things that I really appreciate about it is that it's just so robust. I love the fact that it, it is based on the big five 
Um, I love the fact that it, it, it the, the, the the tool actually measures both ends of the psychometric quality. Uh, you can measure, you know, both introversion and extroversion and and be, be and have both. I love that. I think that's so accurate. And I also really appreciate that it, it measures our three personas, our every day that we show up in the world of work right. and live in, our underlying, which is our true or more natural self, and then, of course, our overextended. So for me, as a practitioner, being able to have access to that vastness, that robustness for a person to be able to work with them. It's just, it's like almost limitless what we can do, it seems. Absolutely. Um, Awesome. Okay. Well, um, I definitely want to share this. One of of the things that you said in one of our last certification sessions together, uh, you shared this incredible story about some work that you did coaching an executive that I think really illustrates the powerful effect that this work can have on people and inside the organizations that they serve. I think you know which one I'm talking about. Yes? I think so. Okay. Yes. So it was, you and I were just together a couple of weeks ago. You shared one in particular. So if you would just share that whole story and just including how you met the person and the initial conversations and what transpired, that would be great. Okay, great. So this particular individual, let me just start by saying he is brilliant. He's brilliant and he's extremely successful. But like many brilliant, successful people, he did struggle with managing people. So he's brilliant at his functional area, his functional role. But when he became a manager of other people and led a team, that was something he'd never been trained in. And so it was difficult. But he didn't um, didn't embrace that. You know, he really didn't see, he, he was so brilliant at what he did and his contributions to the organization that he was reluctant to do the coaching work or to really change his pattern at all. He actually felt he didn't need it. Um, He just thought he would persevere without it because of the great contributions that he made. So when we met on that first day, I actually told him that this was going to be hard work for him because this was not something that was in his wheelhouse, right? And uh, I told him if he wanted to do the work, that I would be there by his side and I'd be his biggest advocate and I would do whatever I could do to help him. But if he didn't want to do the work, then I didn't want to waste his time, my time, or his company's money. And so I asked him to just sit and think about that for a moment and that I was going to go get a cup of coffee and a newspaper and I'd be back. So I left him alone for about 15 minutes. And when I got back, I sat down. I asked him if he'd made a decision. And he looked at me and said, yes, I want to do the work. So the interesting thing about this particular individual was I always do intake interviews before my coaching. And in um, interviewing his boss, his boss told me one day, he said, this chair that I'm sitting in here in my office He should be in that one day because he's actually better than I am, but he will never sit here because he can't seem to get the people skills right. So... We, you know, we had a task in front of us and, um, and his ability to see it and to say, okay, this is something I want to do. I, you're going to give me the ticket for the bus home if I don't do it, but I'm choosing to do it. I think made a big difference for him. So he actually made that, you know, 
um, decision himself. And then it was a matter of, you know, about six to eight months where we were continuously meeting and working. And he did a complete turnaround. I, I put, he had an engineering background and I put it in a project format and I called it, you know, people skills 1.1, 1.2, 1.3. And we just worked through it. We, we even went so far as to talk about facial expressions and how people were feeling to understand how an action or reaction he might have could affect those feelings, uh, how you could read that on your face, how his team needs to be motivated. We talked about instead of him being the one to to get to the, the end, couldn't he then rejoice in his team getting to the end and watching them and molding them and leading them? So it was a process. And actually on the last day that I worked with him, it was the day that I was, you know, going to be my last time to see him and cutting him loose his he told me that he had stopped because ironically enough he didn't know that his boss had told me that previously that he would never have his seat in his office so this man came in and sat down um, and said I stopped and stuck my head in my boss's office on my way over here today Rebecca and I looked at him and I said I'm going to have that chair next and he did so he really did a turnaround Oh, my gosh. Well, I want to really bring this example home because I I think it's really important for our listeners to really understand two things. One is um, that this is a person, a very brilliant person, a technical person who was very reticent to this whole idea of coaching and and didn't believe that he needed to change anything at all. He was very happy to focus the attention from his family. That was his most important area of expertise and where he felt like he needed to make forth any effort. And the rest, he really wasn't interested if people liked him or didn't like him. Mm-hmm. And and it's really important that listeners understand that, that he, from his vantage point, you know, hey, I'm doing a great job. I don't care what other people think about me. That's well, right. Right. And the part that you helped him see was, well, it is important that people kind of have some more positive perspective on you and what you do because it matters to their performance, their motivation and, and how they're going to be in their job and where you're going to go in this career. Mm-hmm. And, and that is a real testament, Rebecca, to your ability to coach and, and really use this, this material to really affect some incredible change in a person's life. And, and the other part that's important for people to get is you also did something really incredible in that in terms you knew because of the intake interviews that you did that this person, you know, w- loves, you know, various sports and, and certainly baseball. And you knew that he was already been given a couple of, of um, warnings from HR. And so you told him, look, mm-hmm. this is strike two and we got we got one more to go. And there was something about the way he heard that because you were so smart to put it into his camp in language that he could understand and unlock him that that I think maybe from what I could tell from the first story that you gave us that that was part of his willingness to open himself to the coaching. Yes. Yes. Well, I think he opened himself to the coaching at the beginning once I went for coffee and came back, but he also more fully opened and embraced it when he realized he had gotten strike two because he came in that day and I said, you know, tell me what happened this week. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. I said, no, you you know, when they called me, you had strike one this week, you had strike two and you could just see it in his face that he got it. Mm -hmm. So, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think putting things in the terms that someone else can embrace, whether it be in a project type of plan or whether it be in a sports analogy, if that's what they're into, is huge in helping people, you know, really embrace the message. Mm-hmm. So I completely agree with that. And what I really want to echo for our listeners is for the people out there that are listening to this going, gosh, I've got someone on my team that sounds just like that. And I know he or she will never accept any coaching. I hope that gives you some glimmer of hope that there is maybe a way to reach that person, really make a difference in their careers. And when you think that as a leader, you really have responsibility of 40% of a person's life. You have a real ability to make an enormous change and difference in that person's life for the better if you can find a way to access that opening toward development right right? and then the second piece I was going to say is that if if you are someone listening to this going "Hmm, that kind of sounds like a little bit of my track record well there's there's good news for you too in terms of how you can receive development and coaching and and the difference that it can make in your life working with with the right person Mm-hmm. Just wanted to echo those two things, oh, right? So true. I just read an article from Forbes today uh, talking about, you know, coaches and the way that it's changing for coaching going forward and how that is beginning to or there it's predicted to begin to replace consulting because coaches have such a phenomenal impact in the work that they do on the success and trajectory of someone's career. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think everybody needs a coach. As you know, I have two coaches. They serve completely different functions for me, and I need them both. And right. I, I am I'm on the path and the journey that I am now because of my coaches. I wouldn't be here without them. So anyway, I, I obviously I I'm, I'm drinking my own Kool Aid, right? But <laughs> I do believe in this. Um, and if we can, really quick, just to situate this, um, if you can share maybe one more short example of some work that you've done that showcases either what you've done with consultants or another organization to help our listeners better understand how this stuff works. Yeah, let me talk about another organization I worked with, and this was more of a team um, Impact. So I was called in to an organization that was restructuring and they were moving from a hierarchical organizational structure to a matrix structure. And the senior uh, HR leader was tasked with actually blending North and South America into one combined unit. So there was a lot of innovation, a lot of new creation that was having to happen. And on the team, I, I always do. I'm giving myself away here. I always do these intakes. And on the team interviews prior to my arrival to work with this particular team, I had made calls to all of them and asked them a series of questions. And I had landed on one response that kept resonating with every single member of that team. And that was that um, there was a struggle with them having definitive job role definitions. So they found that when they came back together for a team meeting, you know, team member A had been over here doing the same thing that team member D had been over in another area doing and they didn't realize it. Or team member A was asked, what does team member B do? And she She didn't know how to respond. So they were really struggling with this because of the newness of everything. So I had uh, looked at, you talked about the three personas of an individual because uh, the Lumina's approach to measuring personality and behavior is to look at the holistic person, which is the 
the three layers, the underlying everyday and overextended. So in looking at the team leads, her underlying was um, inspiration driven. Her everyday was inspiration driven and her overextended was inspiration driven. So there's no doubt that they were struggling with these definitive, very specific uh, job role definitions. But she was brilliant at the reason she was there, which was to come up with something innovative and new and creative and out of the box. So she was did that very well, but she was really struggling for this piece for the team and the team was was really suffering. And so in putting them, you know, kind of together as a team, we found that in their underlying, there was two or three team members who were very, very strong in the structure and in the, uh, the down to earth, the solid data. And so Somebody on the team actually posed the question, what if you all created a focus group and wrote our job role definitions? And they loved it. They embraced it. They did it. And that's what we did going forward. So this really helped um, the, the team and the team leader realize the power of finding what really is available in the gifts and strengths in your team. And you may not even see it. Every day when you come to work, you may not even see it because it may not be something they're putting forward in the environment, in the everyday environment, but they may have a real aptitude for it in their underlying. It's just that they didn't think it was called on for them. So they sort of put it on the shelf, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I think that is a brilliant example of what we talked about before, of your ability to help teams really see the uniqueness and the talents in the others and then activate that so that you have a team that's more diverse, more complete, and greater than the sum of its parts. Mm. Right? I mean, I think that's a perfect example of that. Right. All right, let's grab our last break here, Rebecca. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Rebecca Bales, who is a global partner for Lumina Learning, a talent development organization with leading edge solutions and people development through personal leadership, organizational and sales assessments and programs. She's the author of Step Up to the Plate, The Power of Passion and Determination, which focuses on personal change and transformation. She is also co-author with Drs. Ken Blanchard and Deepak Chopra in Roadmap to Success. She joins us today from Plano, Texas. We've been talking about some of the work and applications of these products in this company and Rebecca's work. After the break, we're going to get into some of the specific products that she uses within the organization and her work. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. 
If you're just tuning in, my guest is Rebecca Bales, who is a global partner for Lumino Learning, a talent development organization with leading-edge solutions and people development through personal leadership, organizational, and sales assessments and programs. As partner of the Americas, Rebecca is a catalyst for change from the inside out, where her expertise in personal and organizational transformation assists people to create successful and lasting growth initiatives through aligning the inward processes that create outward behaviors. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So for this last segment, Rebecca, what I wanted to be able to do, because I don't know that listeners maybe understand the full complement of the various kinds of products and assessments that, that you use there at Lumina. At Lumina. So um, in the, in the up before, we were talking a bit about what distinguishes Luma over, Lumina overall, and we kind of touched a bit about, we didn't say it outright, but Lumina Spark is one of the assessments. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you could maybe start with, you say if you could say a little bit first about Lumina Spark, sure. and then I want to get into a couple of the others as well. Absolutely. So Lumina Spark is a behavioral trait and personality tool. So we are actually measuring 24 behavior traits. It's based on the principle of the big five approach to measuring personality, which are the five factors of personality. The uniqueness of a big five tool is that everything is scientifically and empirically measured. So it is not a typing tool. It's not designed to assign a letter or a number or a word uh, or color to you. It is designed to actually highlight what behaviors you're using and it measures its opposite independently as you um, mentioned earlier. So Luminous Spark is our foundational assessment, kind of our flagship, if you will, and is um, a bottom-up approach. So everything at the baseline of the assessment tool is measured, and that's for statistical validity purposes. Then we roll it up, and we can look at the eight aspects of the personality, and then you know layer over the top four colors for ease of communication. Gorgeous and so crisp. Now, for our listeners who don't know what Big Five is, can you distinguish that for us? I can. So Big Five is, as I mentioned, the five factors of personality. And back in the 1960s when uh, personality um, assessments and, and measurement was sort of fell out of favor. It was during the time period where we had classical conditioning and behavioral conditioning and modification. And if you remember that with Pavlov's dog and, and ringing the bell and offering food, we thought we could condition people. And so it didn't really matter what their natural preferences were or what their personalities were. And during this time, um, it became uh, a... Um, Uh, kind of quiet time for the development of any kind of assessment tools and some of the colleges and universities decided it was a good time that instead of trying to um, take a model and make data fit into the model let's just pull data we have this whole university full of students we can pull data from them we can observe we can ask some questions we can pull it in a variety of ways and see what falls out and what fell out were five batches or five factors Um, and so that's where the big five gets its name from is these five factors of personality and because of that it's really the behavior traits it's things that are observable and tangible and can be measured it isn't about are you this kind of person or do you like to do these things therefore you're this kind of person so it's just really a traits not type tool. 
Okay, great. Fantastic. I, I know whenever I talk about, I mention the, the phrase big five in front of a group, invariably somebody raises their hand and says, what's that? Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Um, all right. So we won't go into what the acronym actually stands for, but I don't think that's, ne- that's necessary. But what I do want to do, if we can, you've already somewhat distinguished for us, Rebecca, a little bit about how like a luminous spark assessment might, might work. I think probably with what you did with um, the individual that you were coaching is some of that example and what you did with that team that you just told us about before the break is a great example of that but before we talk about the leader assessment is there anything else you want to presence about how organizations use the luminous spark for individuals yes i mean organizations use it in a variety of ways so it's been used for onboarding Uh, one of the reasons it's used for onboarding is because it can help create a culture of inclusiveness and it can pull people together with a common language help people understand more about their own behaviors and reactions and actions as well as those of others so um, doing all of those things many organizations have decided to implement minute into an onboarding then they can take that a step further and use it with teams and team development so we can look at if this is you and you're on a team of 10 and nine other people have their personal profiles or personal assessments in front of them how does the team itself show up so where is each individual sitting what are the strengths they're bringing to the table with this team and how can this team learn to interact and and work together more effectively how can that leader learn to manage this team and motivate this team more effectively and pull out strengths that even may come from an underlying persona of an individual if the team needs it to help achieve an immediate initiative and then of course also looking at the overextended piece is huge so the overextensions are what can derail leaders and what can derail individuals in their you know uh, climb up the corporate ladder so to speak it doesn't have to be a straight up it can be you know lateral as well so um, looking at how do you maneuver how do you um, build rapport and influence others around you your boss your peers your direct reports and all that can be found within the Luminous Spark assessment. Mm. There's lots of ways that I've had the the wonderful opportunity to use the assessment when I'm working with teams. But I have to say for me, Rebecca, one of my favorite ways to use Luminous Spark is what like with a new leader that's coming into a group and he or she's just just getting started and needs to needs to know and. Um, be connected to their new team and they need to be connected to him or her it's just been a fantastic way to really gel that process I've loved that so (laughs) Um, all right we're running out of time here but I want to quickly if you can say a little bit if if you will about the 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 leader assessment how is that different from luminous spark All right, great. So Illumina Leader is designed as a leader self-assessment, but it can also be a 360. And it measures 16 competencies of leadership. So we look at four domains of leadership, and under each domain sit four competencies. So that's actually measuring those competencies. And if you're using a 360, you get the feedback from others as well as your own. And that in that, you're looking for the gap analysis and the trends that are involved. So uh, am I typically getting lower scores on my direct reports than I am my peers and my boss? Am I managing up really well, but maybe perhaps not down so well? What kinds of things do I need to shift and move into and learn to pull up or tune down if it 
if the case may be, in order to be a more effective leader in a given situation. So that's used in coaching and also used in leadership development programs. Our typical program uh, would be more of an, a process, not an event. And we might use Lumina Spark, Lumina Leader 360, and Lumina Emotion over a period of a year and come back and meet with those leaders or that group of leaders uh, multiple times. And the same way an organization can write that into their own internal program and use the assessment with it. Mm, wonderful. Now, you mentioned uh, Lumina Emotion. Just quickly, like maybe uh, less than a minute, what's that one all about? So Lumina Emotion measures the emotional qualities one uses. So it actually... Um, integrates into spark if you want it to and creates a 40 um 40 quality model but lumina emotion looks at the emotions and the triggers to those emotions that then drive our outward behavior so if you want to look at it as luminous emotion is looking inward and luminous spark is what is showing on the outside to others so we use lumina emotion to help people understand how to better manage their emotions how to be agile with them as well as then how to help others manage their emotions and be agile with them I can't wait to get certified in that one, Rebecca. I can't that's wait. Right, I'm, I that's tell you. coming up next. Um, all right. Well, we're close to the edge here, and I like to be able to give my guests the last word, if you will, Rebecca. So you know this show is about helping people across the globe more meaningfully and productively connect with their work and helping leaders really create an environment where people can really shine through purpose and meaning. What would you like to leave our listeners with? You know, I would say that whatever talent development programs or approach you use, whether they're internally developed or whether they're external programs, whether it's just you looking at yourself for your own self-development. And listen, I've done that. I do that always. And Elise, I know you do it too. It's something we can never stop doing. Um, Just be sure that you don't use things that can create a bias because those biases can affect your organizational culture. It can limit your people's ability to achieve success or even your own ability to achieve success. Um, And be firm about this and stand up to it. So if there is a question on whether your organization is using something that stereotypes or that you know your culture has created a bias around, be firm. Uh, be the voice that's heard on this subject. You know, if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll continue to get what you've gotten. So be bold enough to say, we don't need to keep using the same old things. We don't need uh, to continue to create a problem with disengagement. So be bold enough to say, we need to do it a different way. There's new things out there. Technology is always developing. We look for the newest things in everything we do, but we tend in assessment tools to look at the older things and the things that continue to underpin our world in a disengaged society or disengaged at work at least so Mm. you know look look towards these new approaches and um, that's where you're going to make the biggest difference and help people to be happy engaged and uh, that's just what I'd leave you with I just I just challenge you to do that Rebecca, thank you. Great way to finish. Some real thought leadership in there. So I really appreciate you being on the show and getting to work with you with Lumina Products and looking forward to more together. Thank you for being on the show, Rebecca. Thank you, Elise. I really appreciate it. 
If you want to learn more about Rebecca Bales and the work that she and her team are doing at Lumina Learning, check them out on their website. It's luminalearning.com. So L-U-M-I-N-A learning, luminalearning.com. And join us next week when we talk with Farhana Kazi, who is an award-winning speaker and scholar on conflicts in the Muslim world. Her research covers political Islam, the origins of violent extremism, and women in war. We'll be talking about how we both use these, these, these views to be able to consider what's happening in the world and she will actually tell us more about her work as a researcher and as a terrorism expert so see you then remember that work is one third of our lives let's work on purpose we hope you've enjoyed this week's program be sure to tune in to working on purpose featuring your host alice cortez each week on the voice america empowerment channel this week find your life's purpose at work